find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. So listen, I don't have a lot scripted. In fact, I have nothing scripted. It's the middle of a work day. And um, I'm doing something I never do, which is take some time out to respond to the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict because I, it, it's an important time in our history. And, you know, O.J. Simpson was something that was fundamentally changed. The social norms in our society Rosa Parks did, Rodney King, George Floyd, whether we agree or disagree, but polarizing things like this tend to change the way society responds. And as I sit here without any prepared comments or notes or or really thought as to what I was going to say, and that's usually the, 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 the best times that I have, I'll tell you that there's a couple of things that that come to mind. First of all is Kyle Rittenhouse, no matter what or, or which side you come down on, went through an incredibly tumultuous, emotional, draining experience, whether spending your 18, 18th birthday in prison, whether taking three lives, which changes a person unequivocally. Without being able to speak on his behalf in a way that you would want to, to defend yourself because you're ordered silence by your attorneys and anyone else because anything you say can and use be, can be used against you, not just during an arrest, but throughout the entire trial, as we've seen the way that they treated this young man. Definitely um, something that a child should never have to go through. I don't care what his age is. Even if he's 22, 23, he's still a child in a lot of ways. There is a very long process to grow up in America, and it is it doesn't happen in a blink of an eye. I then look at the victims and their families, and although people question the character of the victims or the, the rioters or protesters or whatever you want to call them, it, it's just as arbitrary as looking at indiscretions that Kyle Rittenhouse has. We get caught up on the on the behind the scenes and we try to assume that every person has inflappable character and has no skeletons in their closet. I'm I'm here to tell you that all of us do. And if our lives were thrusted upon the public stage, there were things that we would be embarrassed by. Kyle Rittenhouse and Huber and the other human beings that took part in this all have things that they are ashamed of, were ashamed of, or would be ashamed of that are now in the public eye. So that has nothing to do with what happened. 
character witnesses are taken apart simply because it is something that works on human emotions is we try to disqualify an expert or an older lady who has poor eyesight, who is an eyewitness, or possibly somebody who heard things but has some problems with their hearing. And the prosecution and defense, they try to disqualify these people when it really has nothing to do with the situation. What has more to do is that they put their hand on a Bible and swore to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and therefore that is how our system works. The system did not fail today. The system did not fail with George Floyd. The system did not fail with O.J. Simpson. The system did not fail with any of the major cases because people are the element that change, affirm, or consign with a verdict. And people reflect society. So if you're going to blame anybody, blame society for this. Don't blame it for Kyle Rittenhouse's actions because we have a whole generation of people that blame everyone else for their problems in society. But blame when you have a jury of your peers and 12 sit there and judge you whether it be back in the 50s or whether it be in Nuremberg trials or whether it be in the Blair or the witch hunts in Salem, people are the common element when injustice happens within a system that claims justice. Is Kyle Rittenhouse innocent? Most assuredly. He absolutely, a jury of his peers found him that way. Are there people who disagree? Yes, but you don't get to make that decision. You don't get to make that call. You weren't on the jury, and and that's it. There are 13 people responsible to coming to a conclusion on innocence or guilt, and that is the judge and the 12 jurors and nobody else. The bailiff, the court reporter, the prosecutor, the defendant, defense team, the families, or millions of people don't get to make that decision. Justice was done. Whether it's right or not, it, 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 it matters not. There are people out there saying they're going to riot. I have read plenty of posts. I took some time off work and I started reading Facebook, and I will admit that I owe my job a good hour of my time. And I'm seeing people calling for race riots and also some sort of witch hunt slash mob slash posse of retribution against Kyle Rittenhouse. If I was Kyle, I would go and exercise my Second Amendment rights. And now that I'm 18 years old, apply for my concealed carry's license, concealed carry's license because this isn't done. And I think people will try to egg him into doing this again. And I think people will try to hurt him. And I predicted long before the night that this happened, right after, long before this trial, of that he would be acquitted of charges. And he was. But this wasn't about race. This has nothing to do about race. 
just because this happened at what was said to be a Black Lives Matter protest, then I will say this. I have defended Black Lives Matter when it comes to their right to protest, not to riot, not to burn shit down. But that's exactly what was happening in the midst before Kyle Rittenhouse pulled that trigger several times. And if BLM is going to openly riot and protest and burn shit down and try to hurt other people, then you are admitting that that is what your group represents. The moment you step foot and throw one Molotov cocktail, you throw one rock into a window, you throw something at a police officer, or you go and attack a white person in retribution, you are now condoning the behavior that happened that night, and we are creating a cyclical event that will never end. This is why we are here in the first place. This situation on all sides is tragic. Human life was lost. That is always a tragedy. But more importantly, decisions were made that allowed this to happen. Let's not make any more of them. The last thing I will say is that this was an emotional event for some people. And it was an emotional event for others. But the, the polarity between the reaction of that trial was very different. And when I look back on a show, movie called Time to Kill with Matthew McConaughey, Samuel L. Jackson, Ashley Judd, and, um, oh, the girl from Speed, who I'm in love with, uh, Sandra Bullock, looks like my wife. I reflect on that movie and I they're talking about a case and Matthew McConaughey is doing his closing arguments and he essentially tells this horrid story of this black girl who was this young eight or nine year old who was raped and bound and hung and and things were done to her that was atrocious and he they were canting this story and nobody everyone's heard it before, but he has them close their eyes and then at the end, in order to get them to feel, says, I want you to imagine if she was white. And everybody in the in the courtroom just immediately eyes open, and this cognitive dissonance that was there is then connected. And the lines of delineation between heart and mind and soul were brought together, no matter race, color, or creed. And in this situation, I would ask you to do the same. If this was an African-American 17-year-old who defended himself against a vile, violent group by racial means, was destroying the neighborhood or looking to hurt people, how would you feel? If this was a, a young girl, how would you feel? If this was a, a white girl, white boy, Hispanic, Asian, Muslim, doesn't matter. For a moment, we need to start looking at things, and this is where race is important because it gives us threads of connectivity where if we stop seeing things as that person is white and I am black, therefore I can't align with them, then this is why we do it, and that is where racism lives. But if you can see Kyle Rittenhouse as an African-American, how do you feel? This is the entire premise of Don't Unfriend Me, us trying to see different angles, standing on the proverbial desk of O Captain, My Captain and Dead Poets Society and seeing the world from a different 
viewpoint. And although those feelings may not feel good or may not lead us down a path of what we were feeling shortly before, it is good for society. You don't have to agree with Kyle Rittenhouse. But could you put yourself in his shoes? Could you change the parameters of what happened to suit your ideology and way of thinking and see if you feel the same way? Just for a moment. And if you don't, then you're on a a pretty good path of getting to self-absolution. Or at least self-evaluation. Enough violence has been done. My wife cried. She's white. Well, Hispanic, white. She's pretty much white. She thinks ketchup spicy. Other people on my thread who are white also cried. And said it was emotional. And then I have people who are not white. Who said he's a murderer. And a white supremacist. And he killed, he killed black people that day. And none of that's true. And there's other people who says he's a hero. And he should be given a national medal. And that's also not true. Somewhere in between the noise. And the hate. And the vitriol. And the love. And the understanding and compassion. Is the answer to this. And I'm not here to tell you how to feel and think. I'm asking you simply to feel and think. Because if we react to this the way we reacted to other things and try to make it some monumental case that is going to either sow the seeds of division in this country or somehow be the threads that bring us together is really up to all of us. Because I can assure you of two things. If you respond in turn with violence, there will be more violence. Shit begets shit. Violence begets violence. And if you respond and say, I trust the law, even though I've had bad experiences, or maybe I don't agree 120%, but I do trust humanity to do the right thing. Because when you say this was about Black and white, it wasn't. When you say this is about white on white, it wasn't. This was simply a case of self-defense. And no matter how they would have concluded this case, there were going to be people who were upset. So I ask you that if the riots do happen and people do try to create more violence, to stop and say, If I was on the other side, would I be following that party in that footstep? Would I be doing those things? And if you were planning on it, then you're just as bad as them. It has to stop somewhere. In Maslow's hierarchies of needs, there are several things we need to survive. In them, violence and hate are not necessary for survival. Love, understanding, knowledge, acceptance food, water, sustenance, spirituality, each other. These are the things that we need. Safety. There isn't a sixth one. And violence and hatred are beneath us. I just hope that someday we can realize it. I, for one, am happy that he's free. I think he deserves his freedom. I think he earned his freedom. And I think this is not over. But someday it needs to be. Or we'll be doing this all again. 
God bless everybody. Thanks so much for watching. See you tonight. I'll be on live.